You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Warwick Life on Warwick Radio. My name is Scott Nerney. I grew up in Warwick and have been a homeowner for over 30 years in our lovely city. My goal with this podcast is to highlight what is special about Warwick and how you can get the most from our seaside community. This podcast is presented by the Varnum Military Museum, located just over the border in East Greenwich. Patrick and his staff have a fantastic museum. I must see a lot of information about Rhode Island residents, especially Warwick residents. Please, when you stop by, go on their Facebook page. Thank them for supporting our podcast. Our guest today is Brian Jones. He has a long history with the Warwick Musical Theater, a.k.a. The Tent. We're going to talk to him about the Warwick Musical Theater, WMT, for those who knew it uh, very closely, or The Tent. All those are interchangeable. Um, we will just call it that great place where used to be where Lowe's is that everybody went to to see the incredible shows over the years. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate the, uh, the offer to come on. Give us a little background on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, grew up in Rhode Island uh, until I left in right after college, I mean, for college and then left permanently in 1995. But uh, I come back here a lot. My parents still live in East Greenwich. So I, uh, you know, went to East Greenwich Public Schools and then went to Moses Brown and uh, love roadie. I mean, it's it's the best. It was it's always fun, you know, flying in today. I looked down and saw Block Island and Newport and everywhere. You know, it's just I, I love it. It's a great place. Great. And how often do you get back? A couple times a year. Um, to like I said, visit my parents and come up and enjoy. I mean, it's I live in uh, Washington D.C. and that's a it is a bit of a, a swamp in many different <laughs> ways. But it, it's very hot in the summer, so it's a, it's a nice respite to come up here. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, and I still have friends and family up here. So great. Well. Yeah, I really want to appreciate you coming in and talking to us about the tent. Uh, Why don't you give us a little background of your connection to it? Sure. So the Warwick Musical Theater was about a mile from my house. Uh, I grew up right off Division Road uh, in Fox Run, um, right on the border of Warwick and and East Greenwich, literally Division Road, right? And uh, it was a place that I had heard of. My mom and dad would go to shows there. Uh, over the years, and my mom knew someone who worked in the box office and like very Rhode Island everything. <laughs> it's yeah, I know somebody who knows somebody. And when I became, I guess my older brother uh, started working there as a as an usher. And then when I became fourteen, uh, it just was a natural progression for me to to go over there. So I, I literally started. That would have been nineteen eighty eight. Got him old, and uh, I just started there. It was a, it was a great great job. I mean, I think I got paid eight dollars a show. Wow! <laughs> not not a night. Not a night. Not a an show. hour. <laughs> and it was usually from six. I think you had to arrive at six thirty for the eight o'clock shows, and you got to leave around ten or ten thirty, whatever it was. So you got eight bucks for those four hours. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't anything you were going to make a, a million dollars on. But uh, f- for me, I I started as an usher, and then you get kind of the the crappiest assignments there, you know, it might be an upstairs mezzanine section. And then as you build up some seniority, you get the better sections until you want the, the best one was the star aisle, which was in, I believe B and C because that's where the stars would literally walk down and get onto the stage. So I uh, worked my way up there. And then also you had other duties that I picked up over the years. So for instance, uh, there was the, the chain crew. So basically we would put up the chains that would keep the crowd back so that the star 
could get from the dressing room down onto the stage. Because obviously as a theater in the round, right. there's no real backstage area that you can walk to. So I did that, worked my way up to be head usher, which was a pretty cool job by the, I can't remember what age that was. And then they liked me enough that they brought me into the box office. So that kind of added to the night activity. I did the day stuff, which was I would sell tickets during the day. And the only job I did not like there was was taking phone orders. Miserable, just an absolutely <laughs> miserable, cranky people. But I loved being put on the box office window so you could sell tickets. So I did all that. And then it was the type of thing where you just, again, if they liked you, if you showed some uh, ambition, if you showed some willingness, I started writing press releases for them. The program I handed to you a little bit earlier, I wrote all that copy and, and whatnot. And then I became kind of a, an assistant to the general manager. So I did, I did it all over from the, from the age of 14 until they closed in 1999. So Wow. Sorry, that was a very long-winded answer. No, to your that's, question. but I mean, we needed to find out that you didn't start with eight dollars and make it to eight ten. No, I think I finished at ten fifty. No, no, but uh, <laughs> but no, I I absolutely loved it for a couple of reasons. One, it was it was a big family, and that sounds cliche, but it, it's definitely true. You you knew most of the people that worked there. They were in your neighborhoods. They were in your schools that you went to. Uh, the Bonoffs who ran the, the theater were just an incredibly kind group of, of people. They cared about you. If you worked hard for them, there's nothing they wouldn't do for you. And they were incredibly generous um, and forgiving as well. I remember one time there was a kid who was caught stealing. and He was stealing money from one of like the lemonade carts or something that they were selling. And so when I heard this, I remember asking Betsy Bonoff, who was the, the, the owner's daughter, I said, so you fired him, right? And she said, well, no, I basically just said that he couldn't handle money anymore. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you're the most forgiving people wow. of all time. So uh, so that was great. And then the other piece that I absolutely loved about it was that it really exposed me to an incredible, just wide spectrum of entertainment from music to theater to comedy to you, you name it. Uh, and so I, I think I really developed an appreciation for entertainment and the arts and you know, growing up in East Greenwich, you wouldn't necessarily have an exposure to country music per se. Sure. I love country music now, in large part because of all the shows I saw there. And it was averaging in a summer 50, 60 shows. So multiply yeah. that by 10 years. That's a lot of, that's a lot of shows you've yeah. seen. So, And why was it called The Tent? Sure. So it was it originally started in 1955. The, the owner was a guy named uh, Buster Bonoff and his wife, Barbara. Wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, Buster had a friend who had come out of the entertainment industry and decided he wanted to do a theater and bring Broadway shows to local communities. And he was doing that in, I, I think, in Connecticut. And Buster took the same model and wanted to do it here in Rhode Island. And so they literally put up a tent in a cow field. It was right on Route 2, as you, as you said, where the, the Lowe's is now. Um, and it was a, a, almost like a circus tent. And they would put on the Broadway shows there. So if you had My Fair Lady happening on Broadway, they were able to come to, to Warwick and expose uh, communities that wouldn't necessarily have access to that. And so uh, there's actually a, a, a video shot in, in the, the DVD, the, the movie that we did on it from about 10, 12 years ago that shows it kind of the, the air flapping and whatnot. So it wasn't until the, I believe it was the 70s, early 70s, when they got the, the actual hard um, building that they put in and they, they bought a, a building from the World's Fair that they created the, uh, the tent. Uh, the tent became, still was known as the tent, but it was a physical structure after that. And you mentioned, I, I do want to attract people to it. I know every once in a while it's on PBS. I saw it. It's available on Amazon. There may be other outlets, but it's called The Tent. Yes. 
So talk a little bit about that. You did Yeah, it is the greatest documentary in the history of documentary, Scott. So I appreciate your uh, (laughs) your plug. I remember uh, Michael Janisonis was the um, movie reviewer for the Providence Journal, and we did a screening for him back in 2009 when it came out. And uh, he ended up giving it five stars. And in the Providence Journal, it was kind of a high point of my life uh we had five stars and quentin tarantino's and glorious bastards had four and so when we did the movie oh. premiere i said this is the only time in my life i will ever be quentin tarantino at anything in, yeah. <laughs> in filmmaking but uh <laughs> but no i mean the way that came about just very quickly was that um and i know you just did a podcast on rocky point right yeah, so there was yeah. a documentary about rocky point that came out uh that was very well received and Larry Bonoff, who is the, the son of the owners who took over general manager, he called me, and I still remain close to him to this day. He said, you know, this Rocky Point DVD, I mean, movie's blowing up, and everyone loves it. And, you know, they were only around for, I mean, you tell me, how long was Rocky Point around? 20 years? 50, I don't even know. Yeah, uh, well, uh, went through the hurricane. Yeah, it was longer, 40 maybe. Was it that long? Okay. Yeah, a different, few different versions, yeah. Well, then my argument makes no sense. But what, basically he was saying no, that go ahead. We, You're we, on got, a roll. we got 45 <laughs> years of the Warwick Musical Theater. We have, you know, a lot a lot of footage um, to, to use. Why don't we do a documentary? And so I said, wow, that's great. So we started looking into it, securing kind of the the rights, as I'm sure you know how expensive licensing rights are, oh, yes. especially images with, with stars and things. And uh, we, we had a partnership with WJAR. They gave us all the footage that they had from that, which was incredibly generous of them. And then we got Patrice Wood was our narrator and, and all of that. Her. So yeah, she's the best. Uh, so that's what it turned out. We did a big premiere at the Province Performing Arts Center. And, uh, and then I guess the highlight, another high point was uh, I grew up going to the Showcase Cinemas in Warwick. Uh, that's where I went every movie as a kid and the tent, we got them to show it there and it started off in like the eighth position. And then as the weeks went on, it kept moving up and up and up as it does. And it finally hit the number one spot, which was, which was very exciting. So we, we had a nice s- run. You sold more tickets than Quentin Tarantino's movie. I don't know about that. I don't, we, we We're just, just about broke that. even about that. <laughs> so. so that is available. It's called the tent, uh, life in the round. And let's talk about. Well, first, you know, I'm looking at the cover of the video, which mm-hmm. I happen to have here, and I can appreciate it's the limited edition director's cut. Yes, so we, had, we had two cuts. But <laughs> I remember these chairs, and I'm a bigger guy. They're not comfortable. No, horrible. Um, I guess they're metal, but what I always remember them in my mind, they look like plastic PVC. So they changed. So originally they were metal, and I have one of those sitting in my office, uh, one of the originals. But then over time, they you know fell apart, broke. They weren't easy. They had to clean in between, so they, they moved to the PVC pipe. Okay, that's how I remember yeah. them. And then when we talk about life in the round, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people don't remember or i'm sure sure a lot of our audience remembers the stage went around in circles you got it so it was it was not your your typical stage where you're most are you're looking at it right this is literally in the middle it's a theater um it's a stage in the round and then like i said you had to walk through an aisle of people to get onto it and the cool thing about it was depending on how elaborate the production was the stage would rotate and so you'd be you know you'd have a band and everyone would get to see it and there was only i'm trying to remember there really wasn't a bad seat in the house. It no. went back 22 rows. And, yeah. and to think in this day and age, if you told me like, oh, I just got tickets for blah, 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 and 22 rows, you'd be pretty excited, right? Yeah, absolutely. But people would complain like, oh my gosh, I'm in the 22nd row. <laughs> so, uh, and it was 3,335, I remember, is is the number of uh, of seats that it had. So it was very small. 1,000 people? I would have, yeah. I, in my head, I'm just thinking it held like 500. 
No. So it, it had an upstairs and a uh, mezzanine and then a, then a downstairs area as as well. So that was, but it, it really was kind of the middle point between a, you know, a band playing in a bar and a stadium and, and to see the acts that kind of worked their way up over time was, was pretty cool. So, and, and, and occasionally you get the super, super big names like the, you know, whatever five nights that Jerry Seinfeld sold out in the mid nineties when he was, you know, at the height of his game and that sort of stuff. So, and it wasn't the kind of place where people would go that are washed up or people were trying a new act. These Mm -hmm. were acts that were, you know, up in the area for the, for the cool summer, because obviously it was only open in the better weather. Mm -hmm. These were acts that were touring nationally and maybe they just wanted to do a couple of shows over a break to not get rusty. Yep. So it wasn't a, like, I'm looking at the back of the DVD, and I think I can cross quite a few generations just by reading some of these names, like Howie Mandel still. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Go, he was at the st- Stadium Theater the past year. Huey Lewis, one of my favorite artists, yes. wish he'd come back. I know he had some hearing problems. Saw Huey at the tent. Yep. Uh, Louis Anderson, famous comedian. Yeah. Mel just Tillis. passed away. Back from the old days. Mel just passed away, yeah. Um, Engelbert Humperdinck, mm-hmm. Carrot Top, still yep. in Vegas with sure a residency is. sometimes. That's where we interviewed him. Billy Ray Cyrus, mm-hmm. um, more known for Father of Miley, but... Yes, and in an um, in, in outtake on there, uh, Billy Ray was a great interview, but he recalled the time where Miley came with him to Warwick Musical, and she actually found a stray cat, like only, only, in, <laughs> only in Warwick, right? And uh, she named him Warwick, so that was, oh. that was the, the funny story. So Nice. Uh-oh. Well, I got to tell you, um, I would love to have you come back and talk to some actual stories about the tent if sure. you'd like to do that. Yeah. Um, we'd love to have a future episode and, and talk a little bit about the inside workings and some of the acts that you've seen, and we'll share a little bit. Love to. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, it's, it, it's a great place and a great, uh, you know, it, it's too bad. I, I don't think you I really come up with a place that is similar to that now and that kind of small feel to it. And, uh, to this day, I, I just talked to Betsy before I came over and she was saying she now works at, uh, the province performing arts center okay. in a, in a similar role. And she said that to this day, even though the theater has been closed over 20 years, uh, almost 20 years. No, is that right? Yeah. 24 years, excuse me, that, uh, people come up to her and just say how much they miss it. So, yeah. All right. Thank you to Brian Jones for spending some time with our audience today and sharing insights on Warwick life. It's a great time to be in Warwick. And for those not living the Warwick life, come pay us a visit. Take a look online for the tent, Life in the Round. It's a fantastic video. We'd love you to take a look for it or see if it's going to be playing on PBS or some of the other local shows and see everything that the Warwick Musical Theater had to show and Warwick has to offer. That wraps up another edition of Warwick Life on Warwick Radio. If you have any comments, content suggestions, or questions, drop us a line at warwicklife at gmail.com. Thank you to Tester Manuelian for our lead-in and closing music. She's a music major with an incredible career ahead of her. See you next time. You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.